Hi everyone and welcome to episode 13 of The FFS Show, a podcast by The Ferret about fact-checking and misinformation. So last week I was all on my lonesome, very sad, I'm sure you could tell by the tone of my voice, but this week I'm back and I brought a friend. Uh, so it's not just me on my own hosting, it's me with Sam from The Ferret. How are you doing, Sam? Hi, good to be your friend and to make you less lonely in this podcast. Thank you. It's really, it really feels great as we sit looking at each other through a laptop. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> um, so would you like to introduce yourself, Sam? I know you're fairly new to the ferret. Uh, tell everyone what you're all about. Yeah, my name is Sam Gonsalves. I'm the digital engagement editor at the ferret, and I just got here a couple of months ago, so I'm new to it, but I am a fan of the podcast. Um, and yeah, excited to get into it. Avid politics fans in Scotland will know that today is the release of the JERS report or the Government Expenditure and Revenue Scotland report, which is the annual statistical study that tells us how Scotland's doing in terms of its uh, fiscal position. So can you explain to me, like I'm a five-year-old, what mm. is JERS? Uh, when was it created? So yeah, JERS is uh, a report that comes out every year and it tells you basically gives a sort of snapshot of Scotland's current public sector situation. Um, so broadly, it tells you how much money the Scottish government raised through taxes, um, how much Scotland pays for the services that it uses every year, and how well it, the tax revenues cover the costs. So that's why every year you'll hear Scotland's deficit being mentioned. And the deficit is basically the difference between the amount Scotland raises in uh, tax versus how much it spends on services. And right. current in recent years, it's spent more on services than it's raised in tax, creating a deficit. I see, I see. And, and are those estimates reliable? That's a question that gets uh, asked quite a lot, is that because JERS is, is supposedly based on estimates, then maybe it's not so reliable. But that's quite an unfair characterization. I mean, one, a lot of the stuff that's in, within JERS is not based on estimates, it's based on real figures. Spending figures is based, is based on uh, you know local national government spending, and then they do... UK government spending, which is how much the UK spends on things for the benefit of Scotland, as they would call it. Right. So that can be identifiable things like spending money on social security, or it can be wider things like UK government military spending. I mean, you can argue whether or not it's a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's how it's identified in the statistics. Sure. It was first uh, published in 1992, the JERS figures, under then Prime Minister John Major. Essentially, it was created because Conservative ministers wanted to see if it could help the debate on devolution and make the case broadly against there being a Scottish Parliament. Right. But since then, it's been regularly published since 1999, and it's been compiled by the Scottish Government and is now considered to be a fairly robust set of figures that kind of tells us what the fiscal position of Scotland is today. Right. And and, and I guess whenever it comes out, there's a there's always a big conversation about it. Why is mm -hmm. it so controversial? What, why does it inspire so many takes and, and so many uh, tweets yeah. and posts about it? The reason that the JERS figures are so controversial is because they are linked sort of inevitably to the Scottish independence debate. One of the major parts of the Scottish independence debate is how Scotland would do relatively, uh, how well it would do economically inside the UK versus how well it would do economically if Scotland left the UK. Right. So basically both sides of the debate will use have used JERS figures in the past and will continue to use them to sort of bolster their sides of the argument. Right. For example, when oil is doing really well, oil prices are doing really well, then 
people on the Scottish independence side might use this example of how much more we could be getting if we had all this oil to ourselves and, you know, how much we're being held back by the UK. Although when oil prices went down, the people on the UK side would argue that the benefits of the UK as a whole gives Scotland a sort of benefit because it's able to spend more on its services than it rece- it would receive in taxes, which sort right, of right. means that pe- each side is, is using it as an argument. Sure. The question is how legitimate it is to do that. It's fair to say that uh, Jairus gives you a sort of snapshot of the current position or the position over the last year, but it doesn't tell you any, it doesn't really model for Scotland's future, whether in or out of, you know, any sort of differences in constitution or anything. Yeah. Does the report tell us about Scottish independence? Does it, does it, what does it mean for Scottish independence, I guess? Well, yeah, while it gets uh, kind of talked about all the time in that debate, the actual report itself doesn't really refer to Scottish independence, doesn't really, it doesn't model for any sort of constitutional changes at all. All it does is look backwards and tell us what the situation is, has been over the last year. So you could potentially say that it gives a sort of like a starting uh, position of where Scotland is right now. That might inform decisions about independence. It could inform decisions about the economy or whatever, but it's not going to tell us what Scotland's financial position is going to be in the long, medium term. Right. If Scotland gets independent, then there's going to be all sorts of societal, structural, economic changes that are going to occur. And it can't tell you that. It can't look into the future. Economic modeling into the future is sort of notoriously a bit sketchy. But I mean, particularly in in a report that, you know, for doesn't really reference or kind of get into that debate at all. All it does is tell us how much money Scotland's raised and how much money Scotland's spent, essentially. But I'm sure that whenever whenever the report comes out, it gets used on both sides of the debate to argue their case, I suppose. Exactly. And that's, I mean, in, in a way, that's why we're talking about on this podcast. And how does the report connect with the North Sea oil? What's What's the conversation around that? The oil and gas industry in the North Sea is endlessly controversial and endlessly linked to uh, Scotland's independence prospects. In the first independence referendum, it was sort of made quite a significant part of the debate by both sides. So the money in the, this reference in the Jairs report is comes from oil and gas t- activity, and it comes from sources of revenue, like which is like the taxation and license fees, which are required to extract oil and gas from the North Sea. The Jairs report splits the estimates of Scotland's share of the North Sea revenue into two sides. There's a population share and a geographical share. So under the population share, Scotland's allocated a share of North Sea revenue based on its share of the UK population. Okay. There's also the illustrative geographical share. That's where they determine a sort of boundary between Scotland and the rest of the UK. And then above the, that boundary is Scottish and below that's UK oil. Sure. So it becomes quite a com- controversial part of it because obviously one, oil is such an important part of that debate. And two, there's disagreements, let's say, on how the oil and gas uh, receipts right. should be shared between Scotland and the UK. Okay. So if you're into... Scottish economy and statistics, you have a lot to read today. You can you can see and find lots of information about this. Yeah. What would you recommend for people to go out and read or links or mm-hmm. sources for them to check out uh, on the JERS report? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, first of all, we should check out the ferret. Absolutely. Our explainer on what to export JERS tells you and what it doesn't uh, is out now. Also, there'll be lots of quite sensationalist media headlines uh, right. specifically about the the deficit. Obviously, I would always suggest going straight to the the source of the information, which is sure. straight to the actual report itself. But I understand that it's a pretty hefty bit of work and might not be the most accessible thing to get your head around, particularly you know, if yeah. you're reading in a coffee break or whatever. <laughs> so um, one place that's really good for like straightforward analysis is 
the Fraser of Allender Institute, which is out of the University of Strathclyde. Oh, okay. They're a sort of economic research group, and they do a hell of a lot of work on JERS every year and reporting about what the, what it tells you, kind of breaking it down, and also further analysis of stuff that maybe you might not have seen in the kind of headline figures. So that's it for uh, this week's uh, JERS special. Uh, do you feel like you learned anything from this uh, podcast, Sam? I learned so much. I can't wait to take a coffee break and just read through the complete JERS report. <laughs> yeah, uh, cover to cover. Yeah. Cover to cover. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be on the podcast. No problem. And thanks for uh, keeping me company and asking some good questions. Remember, everyone, if you want to help us do more podcasting and more fact-checking, you can join the Ferret as a member. Um, Sam, you're great at explaining why it's such a good, a good offer, such a good deal. Yes, it's such a good deal. <laughs> For right. only £3 a month, you become a member of the Ferret. You mm. have access to all the articles on the website. Um, you have access to training. Uh, you get to send us ideas and tips on stories that we should follow. You basically just become a part of a community that wants to support the fair and support our vision for journalism, but also you get to be part of all that we're doing. So yeah, please join. We'd love to see you there. That, I mean, an amazing outbreak of sincerity on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can do an ironic version if you like. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't agree more with you there, Sam. And uh, also remember if anything you've got to say about this podcast or about fact checking or our work, you can email us at factcheck at the ferret.scot. Um, you can put ideas on our ideas board at ideas.theferret.scot. And you can get us on our Twitter at ferretscot or find us on Facebook by searching for The Ferret. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.